0: Chapter 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Three things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and to rise and tell tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious, A generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. You may be seated.
1: Good morning. Hope that you had a great Thanksgiving holiday over the last few days. Before we go into a busy week, what a blessing it is to be together, to be able to spend time and study of God's Word, to be able to enter into His presence through worship. He truly is worthy. What a blessing it is to celebrate that this morning. If you have your copy of God's Word, I'd love for you to turn with me to the 78th chapter of Psalms. Psalm chapter 78, if you have your copy of God's word, we're going to be looking at just the first part of that psalm in verses 1 through 8. Appreciate Luke reading that for us. Psalm chapter 78, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 8. I don't know how many in here have heard the name Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is a renowned atheist. He is a professor at the famous Oxford University. He wrote a well-known book called The God Delusion. Several different occasions, Richard Dawkins has been recorded as saying something similar to this. That forcing a religion on your children is as bad as child abuse. Now, Richard Dawkins believes that you need to teach your children about religion because it's important in the study of other things like The Study of Literature. He believes that it's important for you to teach your children all kinds of different religions. How they're similar. How they're different from one another. What they believe in comparison and contrast to one another. But he stands against what he calls indoctrination. In other words, you don't need to raise your child in a specific religion. Instead, you need to allow them to remain religiously neutral. Don't teach them that any religious worldview is more true or better than another religious worldview. But allow them to be a religious blank slate. And whenever they grow up, they can make their own decision about religion. Whenever they grow up, they can make their own decision about spiritual things. If we truly believe that the Bible's the Word of God... If we truly believe that Jesus is the only way to salvation, the only way to the Father, like John chapter 14 and verse 6 teaches us, then I believe we must reject this kind of thinking which is becoming more and more prevalent in our culture. I'm not a parent, but based on my reading and study and understanding of Scripture, Parents are to be integrally involved in the shaping of their child's religious worldview. Parents are to be involved in what their children learn about religion and what their children learn about God. I don't believe that it's right for a Christian parent to allow their child to grow up as a religious blank slate, to remain religiously neutral According to Scripture, it's a parent's responsibility to teach their children about God. It's a parent's responsibility to teach their children about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. It is a parent's responsibility to teach their children about the Bible and what the Bible so clearly teaches. The family and Bible study. That's going to be the topic that we're going to focus on over the next few minutes as we explore the first eight verses of Psalm Number 78, how important it is for a family to spend time in Bible study together, how important it is for families to be intentional in having spiritual conversations within the household concerning this topic. I want us to notice two ideas first, as we look at the first six verses of Psalm number 78, I want us to see the need for family Bible study. As the psalmist begins in Psalm 78 and the first three verses, what we might call the introduction to this psalm, he calls on us to listen to what he's about to say, to give our ears towards his teaching. He wants us to not only hear, to not only understand, but to apply his message to our hearts and to our lives. He says in the very first verse, give ear, O my people, to my teaching incline your ears to the words of my mouth he's about to speak words from of old ancient words that have found their origination with god he's about to remind them of some things that they've heard some things that they have known he's about to tell them some things that their fathers had passed down to them some words from god commands from god stories about god's people that had been passed down to them by their ancestors, as the readers of this psalm, as those who are listening to His teaching, He invites us to come close. He invites us to lend our ear to not only hear, but to understand what He's about to tell us. As He calls on us to listen, notice the emphasis of verse number 4. He says, We will not hide them from their children, but will tell the coming... Generation. He's instructed us to listen. He's about to speak to us words from God, words that had been passed down to him and his generation from their fathers, from their ancestors. But notice, he's determined that those words are not going to stop with him. Those words are not going to stop with his generation. He says, No, we're not going to hide these things from the next generation. We're not going to hide these things. From our children we're not going to conceal these things from our children but instead we are going to tell the coming generation what the past generation has told us in verse 5 he points out that God had appointed God had established a law in the nation of Israel according to verse 5 what did God command the Israelites their fathers to do with his law look at verse 5 He established a testimony in Jacob, appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. This was not a take it or leave it type situation. This was not something that was presented as optional. God gave his law and commanded the fathers to teach their children. Commanded their children to teach their children. We find that all throughout the Old Testament. But one good example of that is in Deuteronomy chapter 6, In verse number four, where God says, you shall teach them that word them in context refers back to God's words, God's statutes, God's laws, God's commands. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise in instruction to parents in Deuteronomy six and verse four, the Bible says that they are to diligently teach God's words to their children. It's something that should be taking place all the time. And I love how in Deuteronomy six and verse four, it doesn't have to take place in a formal way or a formal setting. You don't have to sit down with your Bibles open, your notebook's open, your pen's ready to go, set the timer for 20 minutes, and when 20 minutes is up, on the dot, that's when we're going to stop our Bible study or spiritual conversation as a family. Now, this is something that can be done in a very informal way. I think if we invite this into our time from Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4, when you're sitting in the den, maybe about to turn on the TV, when you're sitting around the dinner table or the breakfast table, when you're in the car traveling somewhere, when you wake up in the morning right before you go to bed at night, he says, parents, spend time talking to your kids about me. Spend time teaching your kids my words, my laws, my commands. It is certainly the responsibility of the parents to make sure that their children know about God and what God teaches in his word verse 6 says that this should be a successive method of teaching from generation to generation of course it all begins with God God gave his word to the fathers who taught the word to their children then their children were to grow up and teach the word to their children then those children were to grow up and teach the word to their children it all begins with God. And then from generation to generation, His Word is to be taught within the household. His Word is to be passed down from parent to child, from the current generation to the next. It seems in Psalm 78, verses 1-6, through the psalmist sees a need for family Bible study. The psalmist sees a need for families to have spiritual conversations with one another. The question that we have to answer is do we see that need? Do we see the need for families to spend time in Bible study, to spend time having important, significant spiritual conversations within the household? I read a story about a man who went on a mission trip to Kazakhstan, and while he was there in the very first worship service he was a part of there, he had a very eye-opening experience The worship service was structured a lot differently than he was used to in the United States. He said it was like three worship services back to back to back with three full length sermons. I bet you're thankful that we don't structure ours that way. If you had to listen to three full length sermons from me, you might be in trouble this morning. But as he was listening, I believe it was in the second sermon, he said he looked up on the balcony of the church building and saw all the children sitting there immediately a thought popped into his mind, why isn't there any Sunday school? Why don't they have Bible classes for all of these kids to learn about Scripture in an age-appropriate way? So he waited till the service was over. He went back to his host house and eventually asked them, why don't y'all have Sunday school? At first, they responded with just a blank stare. They didn't even know what Sunday school was. So after he explained Sunday school and the the purpose of age-appropriate Bible classes... Their response to his question was very simple and very concise. They said, we don't need Sunday school for our kids at our church. Because their parents teach them. Brings up a question, doesn't it? How do our children learn about God? How do our kids learn about Jesus and what Jesus did for them, what Jesus continues to do for them? How do our children learn about the Bible and what the Bible teaches? Within this congregation, we have a lot of different resources that help our kids to learn about God, a lot of different resources that help our kids to learn about the Bible. For example, we have a youth minister. I bet he didn't think he'd see his face up on the screen this morning, but There it is. I can tell you, He not only has a love for our kids, but He has a passion for helping them to understand Scripture better. Helping them to come to a deeper knowledge of God. We have Bible classes that take place down that hallway every single Sunday morning and every single Wednesday night. Just about an hour ago, those Bible classes were filled with kids who were learning more about God. Learning more about scripture. Fifteen minutes before our Wednesday night assembly, we have something that we call acorns to oaks, where kids come up to the front and they sing kid BBS songs and they answer questions about scripture. During the summer, we have a day camp. We also have a vacation Bible school every single year. Our Kids for Christ, our KFC group, is active. They have devotionals every single month. Our youth group is active. They have more than one devotional every single month. They're involved in big things throughout the year, like Summer Youth Series or Challenge Youth Conference in Pigeon Forge or Evangelism University in Savannah, Tennessee. I'm thankful for all of that, aren't you? I'm thankful to be a part of a congregation that invests in our kids. I'm thankful to be a part of a congregation who thinks that it's important to teach our children about the Bible, to teach our kids about God. But whenever we come to sections of scripture like this one, we find that all of those resources. Are only resources. All of those helps. Are only helps. How do our children learn about God? How do our kids learn about Jesus and what Jesus did for them? How Jesus feels about them? How do our kids learn about the Bible and what the Bible teaches? You walk through sections of Scripture like Psalm 78, what's the answer? It's the parent's responsibility. It's not this congregation's job to teach your kids about the Bible or to make sure that they know God. To make sure that they understand Jesus and what Jesus did for them. Scripture teaches us that that's the parent's responsibility. That is the parent's role. Everything that we do here only supplements what should already be taking place at home. While there's a lot to say about a parent's example, the example that a parent sets for their child, the godly lives that they live There's really nothing that can replace instruction that comes from Scripture. It's the parents' responsibility to ensure that their children learn about God, to ensure that their children learn about Jesus and what the Bible teaches, in that we see the need for family Bible study. But as we continue in this text, that's not the only idea that we see. We not only see the need for family Bible study, we also see the aim, the goal of family Bible study. I hope that we can see this as a need in our lives individually. I hope that we can see this as a need within our families. But as you continue to walk through this text, what's the target that we're aiming for? When families talk about Scripture together, when families have spiritual conversations, what is the goal? What is the aim? What are we ultimately looking to do? Well, let's see what the psalmist has to say about that. Number one, the aim of family Bible study is not forgetting God's works. You go back to what we said in Psalm chapter 78 and verse number four, the psalmist says what has been passed down to us, we're not going to hide it from our children. We're not going to hide it from the next generation, but instead we're going to tell them. But the question is, what are they going to tell them? Three things in verse number four. Number one, we're going to tell them the glorious deeds of the Lord. Your translation might say the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. The aim, the goal of family Bible study is to see the glorious things that God has done and to recognize that He's the only one worthy of our praise. He says we're going to tell them, number two, about God's might. How strong God is. What God is capable of. How there is nothing or no one more powerful then God, we're going to tell them about the wonders that God has done. The wonderful works that He has performed. You find a similar idea in verse number 7. We said verse 6 teaches us this successive method of teaching that goes from generation to generation. Notice the purpose. So that they should not forget the works of God. Parents, if you don't want your kids to forget about what God has done in the past, then you need to spend time teaching them. If you don't want your kids to forget about how powerful God is, how God is the one who is worthy of our praise, if you don't want your kids to forget about what God is capable of doing in their lives based on what He's done in the past, you need to spend time having spiritual conversations with them. Whenever families sit down to study the Bible, one aim, one goal is not forgetting God's works. We certainly want our kids to know about the Bible, facts about the Bible. The Bible consists of 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, written by over 40 different authors over a period of about 1,500 years. We want our kids to know about the Bible of God. But perhaps even more than that, we want them to come to know the God of the Bible and how great He is, how powerful He is, how He is the only one who is truly deserving of praise and glory. We don't want to just introduce our kids to the history of God. We want to introduce them to and teach them about the God of history. The aim of family Bible study is not forgetting God's works. Number two, the aim of family Bible study is knowing God's law. You find that when you look at verse number five, that God gave His law to Israel. He commanded our fathers to teach their children. Why did He do it? That the next generation might know them. The psalmist is concerned with the next generation knowing God's law. Knowing what God has commanded. Knowing what God has said. When a family sits down to study the Bible together. When a family enters into a spiritual conversation within the household. It is with the aim or the goal of knowing God's law. We want to know God's will for our lives. What He has commanded us to do. What he has said and what he hasn't said. What he delights in and what he does not delight in. Number three, the aim of family Bible study in verse number seven is placing our hope, or other translations might say, placing our confidence in God. There is this successive method of teaching from generation to generation so that they should set their hope in God. You know as well as I do that we go through trials in this life. Your children, if they haven't already, are going to go through hardship and difficulty and trials in this life. In the midst of those difficulties, do you want your kids to place their hope in God? Do you want your kids to be confident in who God is? God's love for them? His grace in their life? His power to accomplish far beyond anything that we can ask or imagine? Ephesians 3, verses 20-21. through If you want your kids to place their hope in God, you have to teach them to do that. It requires time spent in spiritual conversation and study of Scripture. Number four, the aim of family Bible study is keeping God's commands. We said number two from verses five and six, the aim of family Bible study is knowing God's law, and that's certainly the case, but it doesn't stop there. When a family studies the Bible together, it's not just to know God's law, it is to keep God's law. When a family has a spiritual conversation, it's not just for the purpose of knowing what God has said intellectually, but being motivated in our hearts to go out and do what God wants us to do. To obey His commands, to live in obedience to Him. And then number five, the aim of family Bible study is learning from unfaithful examples. Here's the answer to a trivia question you might get. Psalm 78 is the second longest psalm in the entire book. When you read throughout the entire psalm, the psalmist goes through several different places in Israel's history where they were unfaithful to God. They disobeyed God. He alludes to that in Psalm 78 and verse number 8 that the fathers were a stubborn and rebellious generation. He says, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, their spirits were not faithful to God. When a family sits down to study the Bible and they find some of the messiness of the characters, when a family has a spiritual conversation and they walk through these negative, unfaithful examples, they are able to learn from them. If you don't know history, then what? It's doomed to repeat itself. You've heard that, haven't you? We walk through the negative, unfaithful examples in Scripture so that we can learn to be who God wants us to be. For instance, when a family studies an example of the Israelites being rebellious and being stubborn, they learn to be open, to be willing, to be receptive to God and His will in their lives. Whenever they study about a generation whose heart was not steadfast, they learn to place both of their feet in God. And to say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be rooted and grounded in Him. I'm going to be rooted and grounded in love. Whenever they see an example of Israelites or individuals whose spirits were not faithful to God, they learn and they're motivated to have a spirit that is faithful and submissive to God. The aim of family Bible study, number five, is to learn from those unfaithful examples. In this text, we begin by seeing the need for family Bible study. This is a must. This is something that needs to happen. And he closes out telling us how to do it in the first eight verses with the aim, the goal of family Bible study, the target that we are shooting for. There's a farmer who told his inexperienced wife that He wanted her to drive his tractor across the field with a disc attached to it. Of course, she needed to go in a straight line. And she wasn't sure if she could do that. So the farmer told her, gave her a little tip. Set your eyes on something in the very back of the field. As as far as you can see, set your eyes on that and just drive straight towards it. That will help you to go in a straight line. So the wife thought she could do it. Off she went through the field on the tractor. A few minutes later, the husband ran up next to the tractor, waving his arms, saying, stop, stop. And so she did. He pointed out to her that her path was not very straight. It was back and forth. It was curvy. It wasn't what she needed to do. So he asked her, what did you set your eyes on? As she went to defend herself and to point towards what she set her eyes on, she noticed that she had been looking towards a bird. That was hopping through the field. Just like that bird that hops through the field. As we go throughout life. Our goals shift. When we think about different areas of our lives. As we go throughout our lives. Our our emphasis. Our aim. Our goals change all the time. Here's an aim. Here's a goal that's never going to change. Something that we can set our eyes on. As Christians, we want to be those who don't forget God's works. We want to be those who know God's law. We place our hope and confidence in God. We keep God's commands and we learn from the unfaithful, negative examples of the past. If we're going to accomplish that aim as individuals and as families, Psalm 78 tells us that we need to spend time in Bible study together. Families within the household, need to be intentional about having spiritual conversations, especially with their kids, with this aim in mind, because truly it's never going to shift. In the second chapter of the book of Judges, in verse number 10, the Bible talks about a generation that arose who didn't know the Lord, and they didn't know the work that He had done for Israel. That's a sad statement, isn't it? That here's a generation of Israelites, God's chosen people, and they didn't know God. They didn't know what God had done for them in the past. They didn't know what God expected of them. You know why that was? It was because their parents didn't teach them. Their parents didn't teach them about God. Their parents did not teach them about the work that He had done. Their parents didn't teach them about what God expected. And so they, as a result, didn't know it. In that, we see the need for family Bible study, don't we? The first point that we talked about just a few moments ago. If we want our children to know the Lord, to know what God has done, and to know what God expects, then parents have to teach them. Now, I realize that sometimes you can teach your children, and you can raise them up in the way that they should go, and they'll depart. That certainly happens, and I think it's in those circumstances where we have to continue to be hopeful, that the seeds continue to exist in the heart, and we have to be prayerful that God will will grow those seeds and that one day they will return back to the Lord. But if we're going to raise a generation that knows the Lord, we need to spend time teaching them. In the very next verse, verse 11 of Judges chapter 2, the Bible said that the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the bells. Because they didn't know the Lord, they served idols. Because they didn't know, they hadn't been taught what God had done for them, they did what was evil in His sight. I think in that, we see the aim of family Bible study from Psalm 78, don't we? We don't want our families to do what's evil in the sight of the Lord. As individuals, we think about our children, we think about our grandchildren, we think about our households. We don't want to serve idols. That's why we have to keep our eyes on this aim. When we have spiritual conversations, when we study the Bible together, to not forget God's works, to know His law, to place our hope and confidence in God, to keep His commands and to learn from unfaithful examples, the family and Bible study. There's no one way to do this. So be creative. Think outside of the box. Find a good devotional book. Get attached to a Bible reading plan. Read a chapter of Scripture together. Before you turn on the TV, talk about spiritual things. Whenever you sit down to eat at the table for dinner, before you talk about anything else, talk about how you saw Jesus that day. The family and Bible study, a topic that's so often overlooked, but a topic that's so important, not only for our individual lives, not only for our congregation's life, but for the spiritual lives of our families. Will we be those who teach the next generation? Or is a next generation going to arise who doesn't know God? We mentioned a few minutes ago how important a parent's example is, and it truly is important you can teach them all day from scripture but if you're not willing to show them a life that is immersed in scripture a life that is fully invested and fully in love with Jesus it's really not going to do any good is it you can't give what you don't have so if we can help you this morning to commit yourself to the Lord If we can help your family to commit to what Psalm 78 talks about, or or maybe this is where you've been struggling and, and you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters, we'd love to help you, to pray for you, to encourage you in any way that we can, as together we stand and sing our invitation song.